Uh, so in today's episode, I interview my friend Roxanne Davies, and this is a, an interesting episode because in a lot of ways we just, it's so, I call it the days of our knives episode or knife life episode because it's just so much talking about mine and Roxanne's relationship and our friends and Yellowknife and kind of talking about all the times we've had together and it's about, we get into, you know, being a good listener and having compassion and so much of this is just the importance that both me and Roxanne kind of have played in each other's lives in Yellowknife and just, it's kind of a, I hope it comes through in the episode, just this reflection of our friendship. So like, even if as you're listening to it, you know, you don't know the people we're talking about perhaps, or you don't fully understand it. I just, I think it's a good exercise in kind of hearing, you know, what a friendship can sound like. And then we maybe say some things we haven't said to each other or I don't know. So just keep that in mind that uh, I love Roxanne and this is, was a really good episode with her. Glad she came up and visited and uh, boarded the Scandamaniac. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Dispatches from the Scandamaniac podcast. Uh, my name is Captain Ryland Johnson. My guest today is uh, Roxanne Davies. Uh, Roxanne Davies, can you do us a favor and ring the ship's bell to start the episode? It would be my honor. That was just so loud on the mic. <laughs> just maxed out the levels, but we'll see what that does in post. Okay. Get it in post is my number yeah. one saying for all dead North films. I was films. just really excited. Um, I I love this show. I'm I, a big fan. You're big, wow, wow. Yeah. Fangirling on the HMS yeah. Scandamania. I mean, I think you're a fan because you have been mentioned in a subject of every oh. single episode. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you guys just... Uh, what was it? Maddie's last episode? I think you guys spent like... 10 minutes jerking me off it was yeah your comment on facebook was uh don't break your arms jerking me <laughs> off guys. i thought that was i thought that was great it was lovely though i was listening to it in my car and uh it's just nice it's nice to have that connection to you guys still like your first one with jelaine i just felt like i was quietly sitting in the corner with some friends that i miss so yeah yeah no and i, I it's it's funny the amount of people who have listened to this and it's there's they say that like it's something nice listening to people I know just to have a conversation, um, which really limits the audience for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. You have to know the people on it, but I, that's fine. I think yeah. I like that kind of limitation. Right. You know, um, our our group of friends. Yeah, your mom. Mm-hmm. some of her friends but even like so i went for a beer with seclo scott the other day and she was like oh i've listened to every single episode of your podcast and i'm like what yeah. like what we haven't talked in months and you've just been crushing hours and hours of my bullshitting conversation yeah but she's living in victoria and it's like a good connection back to our friend group you know yeah, exactly which is good so i think some net positive is coming out of this mm-hmm. in addition to me just <clears throat> spewing my thoughts and learning how to have proper social skills Soon to be my mom as well. So you're oh, gonna, you think your mom's going to listen to this yeah, one? Definitely. What's your mom's Unless, name? Unless, you know, I open up about too much realness, then we're going to have to block her on Facebook. <laughs> and and uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere on the internet. Yeah. Okay. So this isn't. So there's two disclaimers I meant to give to every episode. I usually the first one is the storm warning, which is I. And I think it's fair to assume, nor my guest, have any idea what we're talking about. Mm. I like to call this the dummy rule. It's like, you know those books, something for dummies? Like, that's what we're doing here. It's how to talk about things if you're a dummy. Okay. Um, I also like that, too, because it's like, I think there's this hesitancy to not talk about a lot of things unless you're, like, an expert. And it's like, well, fuck it. Like, 
we all should be able to talk about everything, even if we can't do it that well. Maybe we shouldn't put it on the internet, but that's a debate for another time. Oh, and then the other one, which I probably should have said off air, is Roxanne, you have to understand that this is going on the internet. And I've had guests be like after, like, I don't know about that. Can you not put that up? And, I'm, <laughs> and I will do it. But it's really annoying because yeah. it's like I just spent an hour and a half putting this on the internet and then you overshared and we're uncomfortable. And Well, I mean, um, originally you and Dean were working on Northern Minds, which was another podcast. Yeah, which still should be released, but yeah, that's... Yeah, but too... you, you guys essentially, like, I was pretty drunk yeah. talking about mental health and that was one of the ones. So if I was going to let that go on the air, this should be okay. Let's see how... how yeah, fair. Goes. And I think there's probably something to the... I shouldn't interview people well drunk or well they're drunk. Like, you know, it's fine to have some beers, but for putting stuff on the internet, even then I don't think any of us like to listen to our drunk selves. Right. Like our drunk selves doesn't always put our thoughts together that well. Um, so, so Valentine's Day, Tyler Fissel came yep. to visit me. We had like a lovely Valentine's Day. We probably spent like three hours in my clawfoot bathtub. We took some tasteful nudes. Yeah. I love tasteful nudes. I like I, distasteful nudes as well. Uh, I asked him, you know, to send some of the ones that he had taken of me to me. But we were like stoned to the bone. He ended up sending it to our group chat. Yeah, I know. Like I... 20 people. And that's the thing too, to have... A physical, like, yeah, everybody's already seen my tits. I live in Yellowknife. We skinny dip. We, you know, for whatever reason, everyone's seen my boobs. But to have it, like, a no, digital the whole copy Days of, of Our Knives yeah. group chat has a picture of your tits now. Well, sitting tasteful, in a bubble bath. Tasteful, it, it, is a, it is a tasteful. I think it was even black and white or something. Yeah. Like, someone edited it. Wow, nicely. I think an important part of that story is that Tyler is also gay. Mm -hmm. You were having a three-hour bubble yes, bath with yeah, a gay with man. Gay and you weren't, it wasn't like, you know, you're on a date and be like, yeah. hey, can you send some pictures of my tits to other people? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I've never pulled that dating move. But. Wait, is Tyler out? Are we outing him on air right now? <laughs> <laughs> Gayest man in town. Yeah, I love you, Tyler. Uh, um, it was the best Valentine's Day of my entire life. Yeah, so also I think we should provide some context for the people who don't know who you are. Roxanne Davies is probably, you know, one of my bestest friends, one of my best Yellowknife friends. Well, I, I don't want to add that qualifier because <laughs> it's a qualifier. And B, you have uh, recently moved. You've uh, moved to Calgary, but now you're back visiting. You DJed for Art Battle. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a theme of this podcast is kind of like life in the knife, days of our knives. Um, mm -hmm. And so as a person who came up here, how long were you up here for? Uh, just over three years. Yeah, so came up here for three years for a job, made some really tight friends, and has since recently moved back to Calgary, your hometown. How are you feeling? Let's hear your reflections on Yellowknife. Yeah, I mean, I would say when I moved up here three years ago, probably the first eight months, I was like, what have I done? But I really did feel like I needed a change in Calgary. I was, you know, going through... A rough time in my life, probably like the most challenging time in my life. And I'm like, I just need to go far, far away. <laughs> to, the, to the end of the road. Yeah, to the end of the road. Um, but then, yeah, I, I actually met you. I met you on Tinder. And you were really outside of Maddie, my first friend here. And then you opened up this door to 
a community for me. Yeah, this is a big concern of mine is that people like who come to Yellowknife and have those first eight months you've had where they're mm-hmm. kind of like on the northern, you know, detox. They picture it being so solitary. And I think some of them slip through the cracks. Like they come to Yellowknife, they yeah. never really make a community. Yeah. And they think it's just like another shitty northern town. Totally. They like eat lunch, the monkey tree. They don't really have <laughs> the, yeah. the, the insights of where to go or like a lot of cool stuff happens in town but I didn't know about any of that for the first eight months yeah and so I think part of my life goal my life's mission has been to like make sure when new people come to Yellowknife to like find them a tribe like make sure they Mm -hmm. know what's going on and kind of pull them into like there's just so much going on and there's so much great community maybe you could do um an events portion in your in your podcast like what's going on yeah yeah i had this idea of uh i want to make like uh well first off i don't think we have a good coherent like edge sometimes does like what's going on in town but like vancouver is like vancouver buzz or like you know these like a go-to place of all the events yeah and there's kind of a different few versions in Yellowknife, but i was thinking i'd like to make a a calendar where we kind of like rework the months based on the events so like instead of march we're going to call it like it's going to be in big letters like snowcastle month yeah bracket march <laughs> you know folk on the rocks yeah. week bracket you know august 22nd and january <laughs> vacation yeah. everyone's somewhere else <laughs> vacation yeah <laughs> december will just be donny days <laughs> and then february will be like dead north month you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. just like all of these kind of like comical because a Yellowknife calendar to me is not about months or seasons at all because we really only have two seasons yeah. eight months of winter and a bit of summer um it's about like the events going around and it's so scheduled on that so i'd like to make a get rid of the gregorian calendar and mm-hmm. remake a new Yellowknife mm-hmm. calendar yeah. <laughs> so maybe that'll be the if anyone wants to help me on that project yeah. the scandamaniac what's going on about town didn't you just say you have too many schemes right now earlier yeah yeah but what i do with my schemes is i don't execute or follow through on them i just mm. put them out into the universe right. and hopefully someone grabs onto it and like <laughs> hey i like that you know yeah like this year uh the third arsenic wars movie was uh, made by my friend charlotte Moore jacobson and, or jacobs and uh jesse wilson and it was kind of like i put a team together mm-hmm. and then the team went and made a movie and i actually yeah. like the shooting week I like got changed and I was in Toronto for the first day and it's mm-hmm. like but it's great it's like yes thank you people I, yeah. I love putting schemes in the world that get executed speaking of you know uh I'm a little upset I was in the first arsenic wars <laughs> woman 30s yeah I feel like I got aged out I'm I'm too old <laughs> for the movies I'm I can play maybe con man's mother <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, well, I'll, I'm currently working on a fourth Arsenic Wars film, and I'm okay. going to pitch it to, for Dead North to hopefully win 10 grand. So I'll, I'll oh, try and work a yeah. woman 40s character in. <laughs> <laughs> or woman 30s aged a bit. Life's hard in the dystopic future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it ages you very quickly. Yeah. Um, speaking of aging very quickly, uh, you are the young... We were in the liquor store yesterday, and you at 36, is that how old you are? I'm, I'll be 38 in July. You're 37, got ID'd, and like <laughs> legitimately they were like, who is this young girl you're with buying <laughs> marijuana at the liquor store? And I laughed so much, because you were probably older than that woman yeah. who like, was in yeah. her mid-30s. <laughs> I think I had a backpack on, though. I think that throws people Backpacks, off yeah, definitely, you know, take a few years. Yeah. 
But uh, what's your secret, Roxanne? Do you have a secret? Uh, yeah, the, the trick is younger men. No, <laughs> no that, that, just like a succubus or whatever. No, I don't know. Easy living, yeah. which is also hilarious because I, I, if you know me, <laughs> yeah, you just I go pretty hard. <laughs> came up to Yellowknife because you were going too hard. Yeah, to have a yeah. escape. Arctic rehab. Yeah, the the northern detox is a yeah. is a classic Yellowknife thing. Can we just jump back to the liquor store for for a quick yeah. sec? <laughs> There's no timeline on this podcast. Um, I just have to say. And I guess this is a difference between Calgary and Yellowknife is, you know, I was handed like a crusty piece of water stained paper as like the menu for the marijuana. And I'm like, this is just so Yellowknife. (laughs) This guy comes over and immediately like doesn't even say anything the first thing he says to me is like do you want something with really high thc and i'm like no let's <laughs> get fucked up <laughs> no so oh i can't laugh about this it bugs me so much like we had the opportunity to make legislation which yeah. would have allowed three or four nice private shops to open yeah with people who know what the hell they're talking about and not just put it in a liquor store which already has this undeserving monopoly and then give them another few million dollars in revenue selling weed yeah. with absolutely no knowledge or like I don't think like the governments the people don't understand that like weed is like wine it's like mm-hmm. you don't just hey I want the strongest <laughs> wine you have <laughs> give me your best box yeah give me your best box <laughs> of wine it's like people who smoke weed give a fuck about like what they're smoking yeah. and want like to have mm-hmm. like a nice experience purchasing it like yeah. you know and one of the... um, and I mean, like at least laminate your menu. Yeah, that's like, a great start. Laminate yeah. the piece of paper. I go to a shop in Calgary, and I feel like I'm walking into a spa. Exactly, <laughs> and this is like what a lot of the like weed companies are trying to do is like they're rebranding the image. Like this isn't just for stoners. Like mm. you know, this is like fucking civilized adults like to get high. I don't know if you knew that world. And so instead, the government just gives it to a liquor store and they just do a terrible job and they yeah. treat it like they're selling yeah. private stock, you know? And I mean, I, I went to that town hall meeting when the government like came through and everyone was in consensus that it shouldn't be the government model. Yeah. So. Well, and I everyone's in consensus that like the government just yeah. doesn't do as good a job at yeah. delivering services up here like yeah, that was we really were putting upset. our faith in the gnwt oh, okay <laughs> <sighs> but I, I mean there's this other problem too is that like you know we're still stuck to a supply model and what happened is like aurora canopy and uh no, no, Aurora Growing and Canopy Growing and all of these, like, big, large companies. I'm screwing up their names and I have no idea what I'm talking about. Storm warning again. Um, basically overpromised how much weed they had because they wanted to pump their stock. They're like, yeah, yeah, we'll sign all these contracts. Don't worry, Ontario. We'll have enough weed for five years. And then the governments were, like, completely underestimated how much weed was going to get sold. Right. And so just, like, from day one, there were shortages. And still to the day in this liquor, the liquor store up here, it's, like, half of the stock they don't have. And it's just, like, yeah. the whole ch- supply chain is just so unprepared for legalization. So hopefully it'll get better. Yeah. I mean, I think in coming after six months, there's a possibility of private stores and a few people in town have applied and they're going through that process. So, mm. like, I'm mm. confident when they do, assuming the government actually allows them to get a proper supply chain, they'll just, like, people will not go to the liquor store. They'll just refuse to do it. Yeah. 
I mean, unless you're in a hurry or headed to yeah, a exactly. party, I'm going to pick up yeah, my ciders like, and some weed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be the secondary option. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the other thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about is, um, so, so you're back in Calgary now. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> reflecting on that, like, do you find, so, I mean, I'm just going to assume you had a great community in Yellowknife. You had a great group of friends. You kind of talked about like that after that first eight months, it kind of was just uphill from there. Mm-hmm. What has that been like isn't going it, back? To- sorry, isn't it downhill? Cause that's easier. Anyways, it, it got better. It got great. Uphill. It was amazing. Yeah, you're right. It is downhill. Yeah. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. But up is usually better. It's all uh, up. I'm going to go see a nice view. I'm at the top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it can go either way. No, da- I think downhill is easier. It, it was all upwards from there, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it was increasing in happiness. Yes, yes. All right, so what's going on in Calgary? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's been five months. And, you know, I wish I could come back and be like, Calgary, everything's going great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has not been easy. It's been a really hard transition for me. I had an amazing family of people, just really different, dynamic people. We, I had a community. Um, and I'm, I'm in Calgary. I'm not working. I did, uh, I recently lost my dog to cancer. So, you know, that was my partner in crime. We did all these sort of crazy adventures together. And even though this was a as much as like I'm from Calgary, so it's not hugely scary to go back, but it's been three years. I'm a different person. The people that I have there are different people also. So, you know, missing, missing you guys, not really having a focus because I'm not working. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a challenge. I mean, some of the pluses and, you know, one of the reasons that I left, I have to say, is like, I am almost 38. I would like to find a partner. You know me. I've never been a person that's like, I need a boyfriend. But like, I would like the opportunity at least to <laughs> yeah, find the, a partner. And the yellow... dating pool in Yellowknife <laughs> is a very, very shallow pool. Yeah. I mean, I've said it before, <laughs> but it seems like this town is full of these just like phenomenal women it yes and, yes and we're it all is. vying for like the same handful of really average dudes yeah it, well it's even funny for me because like my friend group in Yellowknife is like very it's it's all women basically it's mm-hmm. women and gay men yeah because yeah. <laughs> that's what there is in Yellowknife <laughs> but I, in growing up like that wasn't the case like I have lots of friends who are women maybe even the majority but in Yellowknife it's like when I find a friend and we get that like bromance, I'm like so excited. Yes. I'm like, Oh, I haven't had this in yes. so long. It's like, I almost feel the, the, the dating issue that uh, women complain about in your life applies to me too. It's like, for, yeah, <laughs> I've, I, you're not the first person that I've heard that from that, that to find, um, male connections and yeah, yeah bros, I guess. Yeah. It's like, sometimes <laughs> I would like, you know, like a male friend who I can like talk about things with that are going on in my life with. Yeah. And like, we can go fishing and hunting and it's like, yeah. it's great time, you know? And it's like, I've struggled to find mm-hmm. that. And then like the, <laughs> you're scraping the bottom of the barrel <laughs> yeah. also. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, he's a yellow knife seven. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess 
back to Calgary. So I've been dating and that's nice. I was at um, one of my favorite pubs the other day, the Ship and Anchor, and I was feeling super overwhelmed because it was packed. It felt like the population of Yellowknife was in there. Um, so I was feeling pretty anxious. And then, you know, <laughs> the population of Yellowknife was <laughs> yeah. in the bar. I uh, had a couple drinks and I stopped and I looked around. I'm like, this place is full, but it's full of super attractive men and they're smiling at me. <laughs> so that's been nice. Um, and then, yeah, restaurants. And, and truly, like I said, my friends have, have, have changed. Our group kind of broke up. Like, we're at an age where, you know, 37, 38, people are, are settled. Some out in the suburbs. It took my, my friends a lot longer than, you know, your standard person. But some are getting married. Two of my best friends are about to have babies um so yeah I've been spending one-on-one time and reconnecting with people and and that has been really lovely but it's hard not to compare it to here because this was fantastic yeah fair and I think there's this other thing that happens in Yellowknife where well and this is the problem is like a lot of the experience all the experience I'm talking about is as being a southern transplant and having so many southern transplant friends true yeah we should is because like what happens is that you get here and you just don't know how to do things. And then someone's like, I've been here six months. I know where some things are. Mm -hmm. And then it just creates this like sharing economy of like, Mm -hmm. Hey, where do I buy a bed? Like, you know, and someone's like, Oh, I have a bed. And like, you know, if you grew up in a place like that's not all of those examples of asking for help and just like, people being so happy to give it. It's mm-hmm. like when people are like, what's going on tonight? I'm like so happy. Like I have that knowledge. Yeah. I'll share it with you. Yeah. Um, I think to that, like I, I got to Calgary and I had, um, I, w- I was just staying on my friend's couch. Another friend was away in Southeast Asia and my friend had recommended, why don't you just stay at her place? She's gone for three months. I'd consider her, you know, one of my best friends. So I asked, and the answer was no. And I was like, but in yellow night, nope. it would be like, shirt off my back. You know, and I, I can't put that ex- expectation on other people. And it, it doesn't, you know, darken our friendship in any way. It's just like, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boundaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then it's like uh, Yellowknife, it's like, a, I think so many people, like, are comfortable just, like, showing up at people's houses. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, I, I don't even know if that happens in, it doesn't happen in cities, for sure. Yeah. It's like a small town kind of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like, you can just knock on someone's door and be like, hey, I'm having coffee right now. Yeah. And they're like, well, okay, yeah, sure, come on in. for. I, I live, essentially, inner city in Calgary. I actually live in a, a really dope neighborhood. I live in Inglewood, Ramsey. So it's fairly central. Um, and Jesse, my best friend, Jesse, she lives in Inglewood as well. And then I've got two friends that are, you know, just in the adjacent, we're the, we're the last remaining inner city people. So, but at least I've, I've got a few people that are close enough to walk over to. Yeah, that's great. And Proximity uh, is a big thing here too. It's, it's easy. It's easy to see people. It, it's almost yeah it's it's impossible not to see them actually. Right. It's, it's the, the proximity is too close it's <laughs> yeah. like um yeah. i'm going to the grocery store with a hoodie on and headphones up because it's like oh i'm so stressed and i just can't talk to anyone Don't and then it's like i have four conversations it's yeah. like oh okay yeah and and i yeah I, I have to remember too it's it's easy to romanticize um something i have to remember 
you know, back in summer when I made the decision that I was going to leave, I was literally flying back from a vacation from going to base coast and I was flying in and I saw yellow knife down below and I was just like, no, 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 no. I don't want to be here anymore. And it was just like that. And yeah, fair. And sometimes yeah. you got to listen to that gut instinct. And yeah, there's a lot of drama that comes with a small town. So a- absolutely. And made too like, many enemies. Mm-hmm. So I got to get out. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a real problematic one in yellow knife. And it's, it's shitty because I think it, I mean, it's a way bigger issue for women that like women are just like bitches to each other when there's a yeah. man involved. And also this combination of there being a lack of like good solid men. Yeah, yeah. And Fighting over Yellowknife 7s. It just <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, well. yeah, and so like that kind of small town drama can just follow you around. And then it's like, mm. especially if you only have... It, like it can divide friendships and it's happened to me lots where it's like mm-hmm. how are we splitting the friends this week and it's like yeah. oh it's yeah. so tough mm-hmm. but also Yellowknife has this great thing where like that's not sustainable so like eventually you just learn to make up with exes yeah, or the new person they're dating and you're kind of forced them. to like yeah. not even make up like share space like yeah. you know it Yellowknife is very much a lesson in learning how to share space with yeah. people you may not necessarily get along with yeah, I learned a bit. I don't think I'm a pro at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where none of us are perfect. Okay? Uh, yeah. I don't. Sorry, I talk a lot on this podcast about things you should do. <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm good at them. Mm-hmm. But work. I'm working on it. Okay, audience, friends. <laughs> the um the other thing I kind of wanted to talk to you about is that uh, me and you kind of have very similar histories with mental health and kind of struggling and mm-hmm. um. I go back and forth on sometimes I living in Yellowknife still romanticize it. Like I think the friends I've made here and the like openness among friends that like, Hey, I'm having a shitty day. Can mm-hmm. you come over and like, we're going to cuddle and watch a movie. is just yeah. like so easy to ask for that help. Yeah. Um, but I also like the winters here make me depressed and I like long-term wonder, like, am I doing myself a disservice by like, living in somewhere with such darkness and such mm. cold and it's like i miss mountains i miss oh like i would the other day i was thinking like i would just kill a drifter to see a goddamn <laughs> pond should i not say that, that <laughs> no i don't know yeah. i've just never heard it before oh. i like it <laughs> to see like a ponderosa <laughs> pine like i just want to see like yeah. a big scraggly old yeah. pine tree and yeah. hug it it's like because yeah. that's what i associate home it's like mm-hmm. that like connection to the land where i grew up is like mountains and trees mm-hmm. and whatnot and every time i go down south like i think our brain does this thing of like um making yellow knife uh we forget how kind of ugly it is <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's beautiful in its own way and the northern lights like make me yeah. cry and yeah. they're so amazing but i get down south and i'm just like oh my god yeah. mountains yeah. and mountains just make me feel so Delicious. happy a tree that hasn't been struggling <laughs> to survive through rock exactly <laughs> and and maybe that's different if you grew up here but like yeah. i grew up in a place where like i associate that land to like just oh it's such a warm feeling are you seeing this like stockholm syndrome up here where you kind of get used to the <laughs> yeah. landscape and you're like this is beautiful like i can't obviously just be thinking about mountains all the time yeah. so i stop and then i yeah. go down south and i see like my my yeah. home ski hill and it just brings me so much comfort yeah. and joy i definitely I, I had that feeling as well i mean to the point that you know one trip like 
quote unquote home to Calgary, I got this tattoo of a mountain range, just like I miss Calgary, I miss the mountains so much. Yeah, yeah. But now I've I've left, I've moved to Calgary, and I'm like, Yellowknife is, is so beautiful. There is no place like it on this planet. Absolutely not. And yeah. yeah. It really is. Well, not, not even to say yellow, greater yellow knife. <laughs> <laughs> no, and Great Slave Lake is like, I put like, there's something about the size of this body of water and the purity and the mm -hmm. lack of people on it. It's like, I, I'll have moments canoeing home and I'll just like put my hand in the water and like picture yeah. that water connecting to the Mackenzie, connecting to wow. the Arctic Ocean. And it's just like, yeah, so expansive and yeah. you're just so much more in tune with that. Yeah. And, you have the freedom of enjoying that by yourself. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go go on a hike in Banff and uh, yeah. run into a trillion people? Yeah, fair. <laughs> the opportunity to experience nature by yourself yeah. in Yellowknife is just, it's not even a thing. And you just can yeah. all the time. Uh, I have also cried at uh, a, a beautiful sunrise. It was in the summertime. Um, when you know how the sun just kind of dips to the horizon and then it started coming back up and I was like naked on a, a rock face just like bawling into the sun <laughs> yeah it's just the <laughs> yeah and Yellowknife summer is just it's uncomparable like yeah. oh my god that that like 24 hour-ish daylight even the dusk I love that dusky 3am mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. oh it's so good and you can just like hop yeah. on a boat or a canoe and head out and paddle till you want and then sleep and just like do whatever you want it's so freedom feeling yeah um okay what else should we talk about <laughs> oh right so uh, what a podcast you right now, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> sorry you had started asking me something we're similar in yeah i just go on tangents in my head and yeah, i don't really yeah. no i was gonna say like how the yellow knife winter like Good or bad for your mental health? Was it how much of a role in you leaving was the darkness? I I can't say that it was winter or summer because you know I'm I'm diagnosed as bipolar and I feel this place itself is bipolar. It's like summertime, you know that would represent the mania of bipolar because you're just going. So I, I can't really tell you which mental health wise is better or worse like sometimes it's it's just nice to crawl into a hole in the winter time because summer can be a lot for me if i don't get sleep like that that's really fucky with my head and i can go hypomanic and that presents its own problems and then you have all these people around you that are like yeah it's summertime so you've got something to someone to do that with so yeah. Yeah, for sure. Sleep patterns are the biggest one for me in so many ways. And it's the same thing. Like when I'm depressed, it's like I sleep 12, 14 hours a day. And mm -hmm. I've but I've found like my body is slowly switched over time to be like, oh, winter's here. Let's be depressed. Oh, summer's here. Let's be manic and just be like yeah, yeah. bouncing off the walls, exactly. you know, and running. And it's like my I can be like, oh, I only need four hours sleep all summer. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, I mean. I, I've said it to you before about, you know, out of the, the the highs and the lows, the highs scare me much more. I would rather be depressed because then I'm not causing as much damage in my life as being 
hypomanic because it's like I'm out there in the world <laughs> yeah I kind of feel like sometimes I'm like I have all these schemes and I'm just like this kind of wrecking ball or like I'm, I feel like Taz the you know the Tasmanian, Tasmanian devil, devil yeah. just like <laughs> flying around in yeah. this ball of energy and it's like okay yeah yeah, um, yeah and then you know there is something romanticized about like it's January. I'm gonna hibernate, and, and and it's like a yellow knife saying. It's like, hey, I haven't seen you in months. We say it in February, March, and it's like, yeah, I've been hibernating because yeah. that's what we're all doing. It's yeah. like, I'll crush twice as many books in winter than I do in summer. Oh wow! <laughs> You've got. Uh, I see quite the stack of books over there. Yeah. Those. Yeah, you it's... look super smart. I... This is. What's that one down on the bottom? <laughs> a historical. And legal study of what does that say? Of sovereignty in the Canadian North. I like to make myself look and appear smart. Jeez. I had a bunch of lawyers over on the book, the boat <laughs> last night, so I took the boat, the books out yeah. that made me look the smartest, mm -hmm. and were conversation pieces. Yes. And then just put them, you know, around. And I see that you sort of scattered them in a random way yeah. that makes you look even more intelligent. Yeah, it's as like, if I, I read like, so I was many reading twelve at a time. <laughs> It's such bullshit. <laughs> but there, you know, as much as it's bullshit, it's like coffee table books are a thing, and that's my yeah. coffee table. I just happened to put 12 on it once. Yeah. And a historical and legal study of sovereignty in the North mm -hmm. is a, actually a great book for lawyers. It's a great conversation piece. Hmm. <laughs> I also have <laughs> Sexploration, a sex encyclopedia. Yeah, so. yeah these are conversation pieces. <laughs> yeah, that some of them selected. are stupid books. Yeah. Like, let's clarify. How to Change Your Mind. I have a book about psychedelics. Yeah. So. Well, I think that's actually what bookshelves are all about. I have definitely had a bookshelf where I'm like, this will look good on my bookshelf, <laughs> and I've never read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, or like, I, I have Crime and Punishment by Dostoevsky, which I've read half of three times yeah i just can't finish it and i'm like well, why do i still love this book that's why i said wow you'll crush twice as many books and i will start a book and then you know not finish it no, uh, i, do that all I the have time. to recommend though. yeah but twice as many in winter compared to summer could be just one one <laughs> <laughs> two maybe <laughs> i mean two instead okay. of one I have a book recommendation um, for anyone listening out there, and you, Rylan, as well. It's called All the Light We Cannot See. All the Light. Can you give us a synopsis why you liked uh, it? Yeah. I book mean, reviews it's, with it's... Roxanne Davies on <laughs> Dispatches from the Scandinavia. <laughs> the one book I've read in the past three years. Yeah. I'm not quite done it, but I'm hoping on the plane back to Calgary yeah, today what, I will. What if it just has like a terrible ending? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> turns so into far. Nazi propaganda in the last <laughs> chapter. Yeah, it's like historical fiction. And I would say I'm not going to give too much away. It's just like beautifully written, like almost poetic and like it, it flips uh, back and forth between two perspectives during World War Two. Um, and there's short chapters like two pages of this guy's perspective and then two pages of her perspective, which I think is the, the trick to have been kept me engaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For us people with short attention spans, that sounds great. Yeah. And with the bipolar duality, it's nice having two characters snapping <laughs> back and forth. They're like, whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I can relate to two characters uh, at once very easily. Yeah. Um, I feel like uh, we should maybe take a second to jerk Maddie off 
for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I said that. So Maddie Tetro was my last guest on the yes. podcast. Yeah, yeah, I did a promo for Art Battle. And uh, I said this, that I think, A, she's the funniest guest who's been on the podcast. Yeah. Which is saying a lot because I'm on every single episode. <laughs> and also she's just like hilarious. She. Yeah. The other thing that I think is underrated and how funny people are is that she finds so many things funny mm -hmm. and she's always laughing and she has this contagious laughter. Mm -hmm. So like part of her being so funny is that her laughing just makes you laugh and feels comfortable just like, like, yeah. I don't know. We were just laughing hysterically on that episode towards the end. It was nonsense. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing too is when she says something funny, like when I say something funny, I at least get like a little inside smirk. Like I fucking know. I just said something funny yeah. and it's her delivery. It's just like pretty, pretty straight. She's, she's not, um, showing that what she's saying. It was hilarious. No, it's just who she is. And yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I it's like so. all of this yeah. is just who she is. No. And then on that last episode, I was like, yeah, sometimes I communicate sarcastically. I have trouble. And she didn't trust me. And she's like, poor, you poorly. communicate yeah, poorly yes. is the word you're looking for. Yeah. And it was just like such a good moment. I was like, ah, oh, yeah. and it has so much truth to it. That's yeah. why it's funny. I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then I, then she laughs and then I laugh. Mm -hmm. And it's like, here I am laughing at my poor communication skills because her execution is just yeah. perfectly timed. But I guess, yeah, I, I, I said that because I wanted to link your last podcast. The yeah, well, art battle was great success. And she did that i mean with the help of like the people that she brought in and everyone made it happen but um yeah she did a really who won the art battle um michael fat oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it was uh it was beautiful like he did a wonderful painting the third round because yk gold and silver was uh one of the sponsors yk gold and silver <laughs> at gmail.com i think i made that up maybe um, i might they had to incorporate gold flake in, in the final battle. Yeah, and he did this sort of, like, moon that had gold flake in it. And, yeah, everyone did really well. And I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm kind of just saying that. I was DJing, so I didn't get to see a lot of what was happening. But And then they got auctioned off after? Is that what happened? Yeah. Like, what were they going for? Did people make some I, I was helping Maddie with some of the, like, auction papers afterward. And I don't think anything went less for 100 bucks. That's great. Up yeah. For to, 20 minutes worth? Yeah, up to $600 for a painting. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And, and to be honest, it's like Yellowknife's so small, it's it's a cool painting to buy because people come into your house and they're like, that's that art battle one. And, like, yeah. it's a conversation piece. Yeah. And I think actually Jake Olson of YK Gold and Silver ended up getting Michael Fats winning painting. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, so yeah, that, because and it has gold leaf on it, so exactly. that makes sense for me. No, yeah, yeah. It's beautiful, lovely. Yeah, and then that's cool because he gives six hundred dollars back to the event. Yeah. I mean, first off, the the Scandinavian dispatches from the Scandinavian podcast is not affiliated with any advertising sponsors <laughs> in any way. <laughs> I've retained yeah. the right to criticize I, YK Gold and Silver. I, well, you know, <laughs> YK Gold and Silver is the reason I'm here. Jake um, flew me up on his points. Oh, okay. Yeah, well. so I currently am sponsored by YK Gold and Silver. <laughs> J Jake is a great... We're going to talk about Jake now. Yeah. From Maddie. This is what we do. We talk Circle about our jerk. friends. Yeah, yeah. He, he was uh, on episode four or something. I yeah. can't remember the order of these. But uh, Jake is unique in that he is a yellow knifer like he went to school here and he grew up here his family's here and he still like likes to advertise how great yellow knife is same with yeah. jelaine she's yeah. jelaine debogorski is obviously clearly from here and they like have become ambassadors and 
I always do this thing too, and I think people find it weird. It's like I pretty much have a standing offer to most of my friends. Like, if you want to come to Yellowknife, like I'll fly you up. Like, especially if you're like one of my friends who's kind of a broke dirtbag, which is a lot of them. Mm -hmm. It's like I got a bunch of WestJet dollars. Like, yeah, I want people to come experience Yellowknife. I want you to like, and it's like you don't even have to hang out with me. Like, I just want you to come up here and like get to know this place. And I think that's like awesome that people who grew up here are still willing to do that like fly a friend up and be like yeah come yeah. come do this it's funny you say your friends are like broke dirt bags because now i've gone back to calgary i've been in never neverland for three <laughs> years yeah yeah and you know all my friends are like professionals and i feel like especially not working i'm kind of like oh man like what have i been doing <laughs> everyone's all grown up yeah and it's it's this weird thing that happens is that like obviously when you grow up when you leave i like never neverland i like i love peter pan's one of my favorite because i i do think that and we're gonna talk about peter pan now (laughs) a great metaphor about this issue of whether to grow up and like trying to preserve youth is like peter pan actually does it really well and people sometimes dismiss the like Mm -hmm. actual significance in disney stories but (laughs) i i would say like I, you know, you, Maddie was one of, she was an employee yeah. and uh, I was kind of, you know, saying like, I don't really have any friends here. And she's like, well, I'm your friend now. You can be friends with my friends. And I'm like, she's 10 years younger than me. Like, this isn't viable, but she is my best friend. Then I met you also about approximately 10 years younger than me. A, a lot of that group is like younger people, but I don't even think it's that. I think it's the this place you know there's there's a lot of people that just have this i don't want to say youthful spirit just uh what what's yeah i I don't know exactly what it is but to be honest that is my main thing i like about Yellowknife. i think a lot of people come to Yellowknife and they they romanticize it for like i don't know it's like they think it's like oh i'm in the north and it's so exotic but the reason I like Yellowknife is is I've developed skills here. One of them being I have friends who are 50, 60 years old and I have yeah. friends who are five years younger than me. Yeah. And I like you get to it's the first time in my life I saw adults who I like completely related to. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it was like a break in my reality of like, yeah. oh, I don't have to be 55 and act a certain mm-hmm. way that, you know, maybe your parents were acting to you because they're your parents and like not showing you that this whole other side. And it's like. Yeah. You know, I have so many, like, Snow King is, like, a great example. It's, like, you can just, like, do crazy things in Yellowknife yeah. for your entire life. Mm-hmm. And they pay off. And they're really amazing. And people yeah. appreciate that. And so, like, even if when, because I probably will leave Yellowknife, I will take that, like, mentality with me and, like, mm-hmm. have friends of all different ages and experiences. Absolutely. This has this has taught me, like, I, I have a phenomenal group of people back in Calgary. Some of us friends for 30 years, but almost to our detriment. friends for 30 years or friends from high school and not in that sense like we're friends we have to be friends there was never any drama in our group anything like that but like I said almost to my detriment in that we've been together so long and we came up together um that there's so many similarities in the way that that we think so coming here was amazing because I've just met all these different types of people um, and friendships have been fast forwarded up here. I feel like uh, even like relationships I've witnessed are 
really fast forward yeah. it. There's something about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Time is, yeah. It, people think it's just moving slower up here, but it actually yeah. seems to be moving way faster. It's odd. Someone, <laughs> someone from down south was like, oh man, like, what do you do in the winter? And I was like, oh, you just uh, shack up with the guy that's chopped the most wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> yeah. And you spend hours and hours of intimate time together because yeah. what else are you going to yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. And I think Yellowknife is kind of, it. in a lot of ways, there's this unhealthiness in having a friend group where you all have the same perspective, whether they're mm -hmm. cultural or political mm -hmm. or whatever it is and it's like that's not really even possible in yellow knife like you yeah, know no. you're there's not enough like of one mm -hmm. thing to do that and it's like so i like my our friend group our key friend group is so hard to pin down and it's mm -hmm. like you know it's people who are grew up here it's indigenous it's really queer it's like it, yeah. it has a big age range in it it mm -hmm. has like so many different experiences and it's like I think people who move to Yellowknife and if like this happens with lawyers a lot and I like really try to get my lawyer friends into different circles because they're like just like they just hang out with the lawyers. And but even that's not that bad because the bar up in Yellowknife, you can imagine the lawyers who end up practicing here are not your usual bunch. Like and especially if you've been here for 30 years working circuits and going to communities, you have some stories. So like even there, if you're just going to hang out with lawyers, there's just such a variety of experience going on. Yeah. And in cities, I think what happens is we get in our little echo chambers or our bubbles. And it's like, yeah, you don't like all of a sudden have like. Oh, I have a 50 year old friend who's like, you know, mm -hmm. an indigenous artist. And yeah. it's like, you know, we're bullshit all the time and it's great. And it, it's like you said, I've, I think I've, I'm going to, I've brought those skills back with me. Yeah. Um, you know, again, went on a date, uh, with someone and he is, uh, not younger than me, which is an interesting Ooh, wow. thing. <laughs> He's going to age you very quickly. Yeah. But you know, really interesting person and he's really involved in like the burning man community so i'm like maybe i just create a new group or not group you know what i mean just start yeah, no, branching absolutely. out i don't necessarily have to go back and try and fit into my friends lives in the they don't all live in the, they're all super cool i mean we waited a long time to sort of settled down yeah, yeah, i'm not course. trying to say that they're no, no, no. lame by any means it's just um yeah maybe i just i create an, a new tribe yeah and i i like i was saying i think if i went where, wherever i move back down south i will do that like i will actively seek to make like a new group of friends yeah. that have like such a variety of backgrounds and experience yeah. and like yeah. kind of cure i will and it's like I'm the kind of person who does that, though, because I am extroverted enough, and you are, too. Like, mm -hmm. your house had so many people over that you mm -hmm. can, like, curate this kind of friendship group you want where there's so much sharing, and it's yeah. like, you know, we're a bunch of dirty communists mm -hmm. or whatever. I think I put out, like, an invite, like, does anyone want to come over for games night once? And 14 people showed up. Yeah. And now in Calgary, I'm like, will someone please come over and play checkers with me. Yeah, like, yeah. Just one person. I just need one person here. <laughs> We're like, oh, games night. Yeah, sure, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, there's... Fuck. There's four people max for Settlers of Catan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to use the bucket in your shower. Okay, I'll, pee. I'll pee too and I'll pause this. <laughs> Go pee in the bucket. Check, check. Is, is this thing on? Okay, it, it appears to be recording. So it's, uh... 
So funny, uh, me and Roxanne just finished up here. Uh, so if you're listening, I don't have no idea what we talked about before the break, before Roxanne peed, because we finished and then I uploaded it and then I realized that I didn't hit the recorder again after she came back from peeing. So we, <laughs> so we had the last 25 minutes we've been talking and it was like, I, at one point we were both going to cry and it was very sentimental <laughs> about how much we love each other and it was probably good podcasting and then I l- upload the uh, audio and I'm like, why is there 20? Oh, I didn't hit record. <laughs> so now here we are back completely yeah. disjointed from where we were before yeah. the listener's perspective. Uh, a couple more coffee and whiskeys in trying mm-hmm. to figure out what we talked about because I think it was important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, technological difficulties today on the Scandinavian podcast. Um, yeah. But what I did want to talk about <laughs> is um, A, I like to talk about kind of this medium. I like to talk about just reflecting on the reason I'm doing this podcast is I listening back to the way I talk and the way people talk about me gives me a little bit more perspective and allows me, so I find it a very reflective exercise, you know, kind of like reading your journal from years ago, you get to notice like, oh, wow, a lot of my thought patterns have changed. And so Roxanne, I guess, um, first off, how did you find the conversation? How do you find the medium? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pretend like you didn't uh, just ask me that 20 minutes ago and this is fresh. (laughs) (laughs) This is the highest production value you've ever had. It's rehearsed now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say I think that uh, this has been amazing. I did this because I wanted to chat with you one-on-one and sometimes that seems hard with you. You know, you can be like distracted perhaps by your phone or whatever and I think the reason I wanted to do this podcast was to just spend this time with you not only that yeah just to spend some one-on-one time with Ryland because I yeah. like one-on-ones yeah no absolutely and I was super happy when you said you wanted to board the Scandamaniac because it's like I mm-hmm. you're here up here for a weekend and you're visiting everyone and it's like good like I know that we no matter what where we see each other elsewhere there's like this scheduled kind of one-on-one time yeah and exactly yeah, and it's been really great. And then, yeah, I also just, you being, like, one of my best friends, I think you have, I don't know, <laughs> talking about myself again, I think you have a lot of kind of insight on my behavior and who I am as a person. And I, I do honestly believe that what happens in a lot of my friendships, and it's, even ours, is, like, I can go years without, like, really acknowledging, like, how much I care about a person. Or, like, you know, sometimes that, like, empathy and that compassion you have for a really good friend you just, it's not always expressed. You can, mm-hmm. you, because sometimes it's just unassumed or it's obvious or it's just like it makes you feel uncomfortable to be like, hey, Roxanne, like you, you mean a lot to me. Thanks for all mm-hmm. the times you've helped me out when I'm feeling shitty, you know? I'm, oh, I'm glad to hear that I've helped you out because I feel like you've helped me out a lot. And one of, one of my things is constantly like, my resting emotion is guilt and I feel like, oh my God, these people are so amazing to me. I hope I give them what they give me. And one of the things is like, I know that you portray this asshole <laughs> in public, but Ryland... Abrasive is you, the word I yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> Maddie just said poor communication. Poor communication. <laughs> You're a poor communicator. Yeah, I think, I think you... Um, there's a persona of you that I, I see you put out there, and you know, then it's legit Rylan, but I feel like you are the kindest, like one of the kindest, sweetest 
people I've ever met. You've been there for me. I broke up with someone and um, our friend Jolene asked you what you were doing that night. And you said, um, I'm just going to leave it open to see if Roxy needs me. And I did need you. And you came over and you cuddled me. And it was so kind and nice. I don't know how. <laughs> so, guys, um, the last time we did this portion of the podcast, we talked about crying. Are we able to do... Oh, your fist. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, the last time... We're a time warp. <laughs> last time we did this... We, we talked a little bit about, you know, how much I love Rylan and how sweet he is. And then I noticed that he was clenching his fist, like, to the point it looks like he might have broken some skin. Because <laughs> it makes him that uncomfortable. But I enjoy that you can at least do it now, as much physical pain as it's <laughs> causing you. <laughs> I, was, I started laughing because the first time you did this, I was clenching my fist, and now we're re-having the conversation, and, you're and I'm doing it. Your I'm fist like, again. I'm like, I can't even control well, at least, it. At least you know now you can almost see that physical trigger because <sighs> sort of like meditating. If if you notice you're clenching your fist, you can take a moment and have a breath and be like, I can talk about how much I love this person or they love me. No? Yeah, I got a reputation yeah. to protect me. Yeah. <laughs> Can't I just be an asshole and it goes unspoken? Yeah. How do we have to speak it? Okay. <laughs> yeah, well... No, uh, no, I know, I, I know it's important. It's something I'm trying to reconcile in my life and I think about it a lot, obviously, is like, I sometimes I like being an asshole and I get some sort of enjoyment out mm -hmm. of it. But if it, like, at times it means that I have a friend who I legitimately mm -hmm. doesn't understand how much I care about them it's like well why is that there yeah well I love you and <laughs> love you too we actually during during the pee break we had just like a little cuddle yeah, it's great. <laughs> it, was, it was needed definitely and also because we thought we were done I had some more whiskey so maybe mm -hmm. I seem a little more lively at this point <laughs> that we're over <laughs> um wait yeah no and I think there's what what happens is like a I I have a lot of social anxiety and I've developed habits and I don't know if they're good or bad, but they're weird. Like mm -hmm. at times I'm rude. And like you talked about, like sometimes I'll come into your house and I'll be like, just like I'm on my phone and I'm not even talking to you or like I'm looking in the fridge or I'm just like yeah. being this weird person in your space. And you're like, what the hell are you doing? Well, I think I thought, and I, I thought too, when we first met and you would come over and just come in hurricane rylands here and you're gonna leave i'm i'm also a little ocd and you just like open all my cupboards and leave them open look in my fridge grab something make a mess come like throw a jacket on the floor and then whatever and it, it's there i don't know if that's there is an age gap too and i think i was pointing it towards that in the beginning of our friendship but i'm like nah that's this rylan and but at the same time three years have gone by and I've seen you grow as you've probably seen me grow as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I love the idea of this podcast that you get to sit down and talk to people. One of the things, the most important things that I've learned, you know, in my, my recent, like recently is to try to be a, a better listener, to just sit there and listen to someone because 
then their story isn't rushed and you get to enjoy it more because usually sometimes when I'm telling a story, I feel like I need to rush it because someone's going to interrupt me. Um, and I had an experience at Beast Coast where I had met someone and he had asked me like, what is your passion? And I started out with, well, I moved to Yellowknife because of XX and X, told him a little bit about that. And then I talked about Yellowknife and the feelings that I had here. And then went into like round about half an hour later, he wasn't even expecting it. He forgot, I think what he asked me yeah. and I brought it full circle back to, um, curating, a feeling and environment, you know, whether it be at my home entertaining people or being part of creating a party or something. And that was my passion. But I told him an entire story in between. And I realized then the value of being, being a good listener. He was a good listener. So I felt like I could tell a good story. And then he appreciated that story. And then I find when I just sit back and listen, two listeners make the best conversation absolutely and this is this podcast is developing skills that i know i've been lacking in my mm -hmm. life listening being one of them because what you have to do when you're interviewing someone is a you need to let them talk it can't just be me <laughs> self-absorbed spewing my problems um and b you have to listen to what they're saying and like when something <laughs> piques your interest like that's your next it gives you your next question like mm -hmm. a good conversation mm -hmm. is like you tell a story and then it's like oh i have some actual questions about yeah. that and it just kind of flows and it's like this medium like it makes that a little more apparent but it also just makes you better at listening which helps your day-to-day -day life and i liked how you talk about curating space because it's like another goal on this podcast is like you're stepping into my space. Like, you're on my boat. Mm -hmm. Here's all my possessions. Like, this yeah. is the energy I want on my boat is kind of this, like, sharing compassion kind of thing. And it's hilarious that that's something I'm saying because it's like I step into other people's space and I'm just a hurricane. <laughs> and I'm just like, woo! And I yeah, try to yeah. bring everyone up to my level of just craziness. But it's like in doing this and, like, being so aware of space... And like the mood, it's like I've now been like, oh, OK, yeah, like I need to transfer that. I think it like you left the cap off of my ginger ale once on the counter. And like everyone knows ginger ale is something you have to do fast. You pour it fast. Not everyone that knows cap, that. That is not. Put I, the cap back on and you put it in the fridge because that shit loses its sparkle real quick. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I didn't know asshole. that. I still, now I know that. I will do that going forward. We're also very different in those senses. Oh, I'm I just like be, a yeah. chaotic mess. And not, yeah. Well, like today, I literally posted on Facebook today. Like, I screwed the toothpaste lid on my toothpaste for the first time ever I think like I was doing it I'm like I've yeah. never done yeah. this and I also found it weird that I had the lid like how has the lid managed to stay there and I was like oh wow it had a whole adventure yeah. around the boat and yeah. made its way back to and the I was like that goes on top after such adulting today <laughs> yeah but I it's yeah no so I, this podcast a because it's like there's this other problem that I think happens is that I don't it goes back to me being uncomfortable when you were saying nice things about me, but it's also, I think, friends are a little hesitant to call me out. And, and maybe they're hes hesitant uh -huh. to call all their friends out. I disagree with you on that one. That but people continue, are, yeah. are hesitant to call me out? 
I think that you said friends. I think friends call, hmm. call you out pretty good. Maybe and I just haven't been a good listener to date and I've been ignoring it. You're not listening to them and it continues. You never give me advice that I listen to. I think it's hilarious, though, to see this, like, Facebook Rylan who's just fucking cruising for a fight. Not necessarily. You, you see something and you want to talk about it. It might not be you know, uh, accept, I, I feel, I feel, I feel for men right now. This is an environment where it's like, Ooh, you're not really not allowed to say anything. Um, I like that you're still talking about things. You, you get some flack for it, but it's kind of what a lot of people are thinking. I don't know if this is the route we wanted to go here to <laughs> fix this in post because we're not even allowed to talk about this. <laughs> uh, no, well, I, just, well, I, it's, it's funny. I, the part of doing this podcast is that my internet persona has been a lot of trolling people and getting into fights, but I've had people on this podcast that I may have fundamental disagreements about, but I don't even yeah. go into them because I don't actually... I don't, I kind of think I've grown beyond that, that there's mm -hmm. actually, and especially on social media, it's just such unproductive conversation. Yeah. And you're way better off to just almost, you know, we don't have to solve that problem right now, but yeah. let's find some mutual understanding on other things in our lives. And, well, I, I have and, to ask you then, like, like you said, it, uh, you want to be part of that conversation, but it also gives you this anxiety. Are you putting things out there to like you know drum up some drama or are you just sort of saying it yeah hey everyone <laughs> i also have this weird principled thing where like if there's a joke to be made and it i think it's an yeah. easy joke i like on principle i've like i feel like i have to make it yeah and it's like really annoying sometimes i'll make these jokes and i'm like i know this is probably going to hurt someone's feelings or this is going to cause yeah. drama and it's just like I just apply comedy and not taking mm -hmm. things too seriously to every aspect of my life. Mm -hmm. Like it's like even if I'm like arguing some weird ideological principle, principle, it's like I need to joke about it because I don't actually take anything that seriously. Right. And I like oh, we're getting into like my weird philosophy that yeah. like sense of humor Here's is the just thing. the most important thing. Can I sum it up, Rylan's not an asshole. <laughs> yeah. He's a lovely person. Um, I'm really working. lovely. And I enjoy the fact that you don't really bow down to these, you know, new standards of what is acceptable. <laughs> yeah. and I'm it's, it's lovely. I've left Yellowknife. I've learned a ton. Definitely. But like I was telling you, I've, I've been in Calgary for five months hanging out with my friends. Have not heard the word triggered once because we're, you know, uh, uh, like I'm hanging out with people here that are potentially 10, 15 years younger than me. And it's a different, it's a different generation. It's a different aspect. Yeah. And there's certainly, I think, and maybe I think even as you grow older, there's just, I think there's less judgment, you know, mm -hmm. people are just like, they have more life experience. They're, they're more forgiving of I'm people making gonna, mistakes. I'm and... just going to be kind to everyone. And that's it. That's all you need to do. Just be kind. Yeah. And learn that's... lessons. If someone's offended by something, be like, I will do better in the future. But also in the, in the same token, actually 
Lindsay, um, Lindsay's really good at this and the fact that, you know, she is an indigenous woman and she is so good at looking at things as a teaching, like an opportunity to teach someone something. Yeah, I and mean, Lindsay's just like an example of how human should be. Should she just be. has yeah. so much compassion, and it's yeah. like, I understand that, you know, people just are fed up and are angry and don't have patience about yeah. things, and it's, you know, that's fair, and I, I, there's so much to unpack here, because it's like, there's, it's one thing to like, you know, get upset about like someone being racist, and then clearly that's just the correctism there is they yeah. change their behavior, and then there's like, also, me coming into your house and not leaving the ginger ale <laughs> cap on is yeah, like me just changing come. my behavior, you know? <laughs> I need to teach you. And then the yeah, next like you time, can be offended about that yeah, and you mad. Won't, you won't and, leave it off. And I'll put the cap on. Or like if I come into your house and I'm just fucking a hurricane, tell me. And if I don't learn, then yeah. like that's on me, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So wow. <laughs> I'm trying okay. to separate things in my life from like. <clears throat> The political to like, oh shit, this is something I need to actually mm-hmm. just fix or be more aware in my surroundings. It's, but it's nice it's here. It's easy too because I, I feel like Yellowknife, I've never dealt or I, I've never been exposed to as much um, political stuff. I like whether it, it's taught me a lot. I've walked away with a lot and I go back down south and my friends who are very educated, kind, loving, open-minded people, I'm like, oh, you shouldn't say that. No, absolutely. I've learned this. <laughs> like, no, and it's yellow... <sighs> absolutely. Yellow knife, and we talked about this a bit. You, Because you have such a varied friend group, you learn so much. And I talked to Pat Kane about this when he was on the podcast, mm-hmm. that like yellow knife in a lot of ways as much as it has a bunch of shitty problems, is very progressive in like having a community yeah. that sticks together and like unites you know as northerners or whatever it is and kind of comes together and when you go down back down south or like as you move Mm -hmm. back to calgary it's like you do realize that like a lot of shitty behavior is just normalized you know it's it's it's, i wouldn't even call it shitty behavior i would just call it it's ignorance yeah it's fair exactly you know we didn't i didn't know i'm not a I would say I'm a, a fairly open-minded person and I try and be kind. And I came up here and I was like, I know nothing. Yeah, I, you exactly. Know, like, and that's a... so glad to have come back and learned and maybe talk to my friends about, you know, indigenous issues. And like, uh, I, I really didn't have any friends that were in the um, queer community or Am I even saying that right? Sometimes I get scared. You know, I'm like, I didn't okay, say okay. it right. This is a safe space. Get upset. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to stick with queer. It's good. It's good. Um. Um. <laughs> but you know, you know, now I, I know more. I don't want to try. Okay. LGBTQ. Is there another one now? Are we going to use this? <laughs> this is, I guess, this is going on the internet. You don't have to be so worried. <laughs> and that's the thing. I am worried. That's the, that's the no, one thing. And that's good. I felt okay. like here, yes, I learned so much, but there was also a lot of judgment behind it. People were like, you know, you Southerners don't know. And I'm like, we weren't taught this. We're not around it. It's not because we don't want to. 
Yeah. Um, but then people have come back at me and been like, well, you should want to learn those things and you should have done that. And then I want to be like, I grew up in Northeast Calgary, bitch. Like, uh, what do you know is going on in the Philippines right now? Like, those were my friends or China. Like, you know, you cannot know everything all the time. And what you're surrounded by is what you... Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, but that's, I mean, I think you, you've already done the, like, what is necessary for moving to the north which is like i don't i don't to me you should start with like i know nothing you know like yes. that should be the starting point yeah yeah <laughs> and yeah. because to come up here as a southerner and like be preachy or be like mm -hmm. this is the way it should be done or be patronizing is just like not gonna fly no. <laughs> and people are gonna be pissed <laughs> and like and while you're here like take the opportunity to learn and listen to people mm -hmm. and it's like mm -hmm. I don't, anyways, yeah, <laughs> not at all what this podcast is about. <laughs> I don't, I don't know enough about these things to be an expert Storm on Storm warning! Storm I, warning! Yeah, we're just dummies talking, but I, I do think that in Yellowknife, a lot of the ways, it's a smaller community, a lot of the issues are just so much more apparent, and sometimes there's, you know, outrage by people being like, you don't know this, and you should, you mm -hmm. did that wrong, and it, they're not taking it as a learning opportunity, or teaching opportunity, and, you know, sometimes that's fair, but it's complicated, and, you know, I just, we're working on it, everyone's working on it, or maybe not everyone, me and Roxanne, we're working, really poorly in this conversation, <laughs> I think it's important, though, I think, um, it's important to talk about it, because I would say, I'm a bit of, I'm in the middle and the people that are in the middle right now are afraid to say anything. Like I was just going to ask you to edit out everything I've said <laughs> no, in the last no, 20 fine. minutes yeah, and post right. because it's like, <laughs> no, and there's this, yeah, you're right. And the far I'm... left is going to get me. <laughs> I didn't say it right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think what I have realized is that, like, I don't want to engage in either of those debates and I don't want to pretend like I know what I'm doing. But, like, sitting down with people and talking about the human experience, which is 99% relatable for so many people. Mm -hmm. And no matter your background, like, you have something. And it's, I just, I think all I'm doing in my life right now and this podcast is about it is, like, working on myself. I'm, yeah. you know, I don't. I'm not here to preach you your political beliefs or tell you that you should stop being angry or whatever. It's like, I'll work on myself and hopefully me as an individual, if yeah. I keep working on myself, well, that'll be enough. Yeah. And that's what I'm I hoping. But kind of goes back to, I, I had said, being a listener yeah. um, is the best form, I think, of communication, you know. You can have someone tell you a story and you respectfully listen to it to completion. Exactly. And I think if you show that you are willing to listen, like people just, they don't even get mad at you. Like mm -hmm. if you say the wrong thing, but it's like set in a context where it, and they know you that like, oh, sorry, like I'll, yeah, listen, mm -hmm. please. Like I'll, mm -hmm. I'm willing to learn from my mistakes. Like that's all, you know, you can really ask from someone. Um yeah, and I think Yellowknife is a very, I mean, it has to be in so many ways because it has such a southern transient population just keep coming up here. Mm -hmm. And I imagine it must be fucking exhausting if you're indigenous to be like, 
Okay, here we go again Very, with uh, a history <laughs> of the North, <laughs> yeah. you know? We yeah. bought this from the Hudson's Bay Company, <laughs> so now we own it. Do you know that, indigenous people? Yeah. It's just like, you know, that can be exhausting. But no, if I'm, you show I'm, you're a person who's willing to listen, like, I think it just it gets I'm sent out into the world. I'm glad that the people that I ran into had sort of the patience to once again tell this story of, like, well, this is the way, but... Truly, it's not taught down south. It's not front and center. That is not something. And I've run into northerners who are have essentially said, no, it's not ignorance. It is like almost evil. And I'm like, no, man, Calgary and people in Calgary aren't necessarily it's it's not front and center. It's not meant to be. It's ignorance. It's ignorance. Please help us. Please help me. Yeah. I would love to hear your and, story. And that's like a, a common thing is that like, you know, there it's there's legitimacy, legitimate anger at the system. Like why in Canada do we have mm-hmm. history taught so poorly in schools and why are so these poorly. things yeah. not explained? And then, you know, it, it gets so frustrating to keep running into individuals who are a product of the system. And yeah. it's like changing systems especially in a country are just so mm-hmm. hard so it's just i i I've, mean uh, like it's it's as simple as winning a battle is you know i f- i feel like i i learned a lot but it's as simple as winning a battle of my stepdad flew up here to drive me back down to calgary yeah and you know we're in the car and like he had a great amazing time here and then he was talking about it and said, you know, Indians. And I was like, actually, you know, that term isn't really used anymore. And it's especially not used by white people. Like, that's that's not really acceptable. And he was like, oh, okay. You know, he accepted that. But keep in mind, he's like 50-something. Yeah. And he's been saying Indian for a very long time. And... We had a long car ride, and then he was so stoked on yelling. He kept talking about yelling. He wasn't saying it, and and then he said Indians again. And I was like, actually, that's not. And it only took twice for me to say that to him. And then the third time he said it, he stopped himself and said, oh, I, I mean indigenous. You know, like... Even though he's old and that's how he kind of grew up, it's like, it's not racist at all. He grew up in a, a town of like 300 people, Coots, Alberta, on the border of the States. They used to throw rocks at each other. Their schoolyards, like the States yeah, yeah. and Coots. <laughs> Anyways, so he's, he's in his 50s and it was nice to see on a car ride from Yellowknife to Calgary, someone that that only knew that word yeah and that to progress to that and that's that's where that learning comes from and just baby steps but it's still something well and that's you know that's there's this hesitancy for you know like who the fuck are we to talk about this at some end but there's also like no like it's largely on us as canadians they're like hey Here's an opportunity to educate a 60-year-old man. It's like, yeah, and maybe yeah, this only yeah. Indigenous people shouldn't have to do that. And yeah. so you take that opportunity to learn, and then that person is fucking willing enough to like mm-hmm. make some change. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's how the world changes. A lot yeah. of those little tiny learning moments. And 
Definitely. Well, yeah. this we're definitely not recreating a conversation no, we had before. No, this is completely this different. So. <laughs> um, Roxanne, thank you for listening yeah. to the event. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks, uh, everyone. Love you. I'm gonna sign off. <laughs>